Welcome to the Rhonda Conger Show. It's a thing. You have to know that I'm so glad you're here. Grab a pen and paper. I'm here to fill your tank. Let's go. All right, folks. I am so excited to have a special guest with me today. What? Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to kind of like dive into her bio a little bit so we can unpack this greatness. So let's let, let's just start here. So Erica Rooney is a relatable, impactful keynote speaker, executive coach, and consultant, host of the podcast From Now to Next, which by the way, I've been listening to and absolutely love. So get yourself over there, From Now to Next podcast, and a chief people officer. Okay. I love that title, Erica. Oh my God. I love that title. Uh, with 10 years of experience in HR leading organizations in gender, gender equality crusades and coaching executive women, Erica has created a framework that empowers women to get seen, heard, get promoted by breaking free from the sticky floors, which we're going to talk about. I can't wait to hear this whole sticky floor thing that hold us back from busting through glass ceilings. As a top culture expert, Erica invigorates and educates organizations through change, driving a positive experience for employees, and guiding executives through the process of change to lead to massive success. Two of my favorite words. She's on a mission to help women get seen, get heard, and get promoted, empowering women to break free from the sticky floors, to bust through the glass ceiling. So let me tell you, I am just so honored and excited to be with you today. Erica, welcome. Oh, thank you. I am pumped to be here and like, damn, that bio already. Like I'm a little exhausted just from reading it. Right. <laughs> but it's so amazing. I, I think that it's so amazing to people kind of understand your background and where you come from. So I love, love, love it. Fabulous. So I have to tell you, uh, I, I have to share with my audience because they will get this uh, to their core, especially since they've been hanging with me for a while now. And uh, you, you have to hear this. So Erica and I are obviously having kind of a pre-show conversation really quick. And my favorite question, hands down, she asks, how do you feel about me cussing on the show? And do we know what the answer was? <laughs> right? It was a big hell yeah. I was like, get in there, kitty cat. Let's go. Like you're on, you're on the right show. You're well, look, I tell my eight-year-old son all the time, cussing is a lot like passing gas. You <laughs> need to know who you can do it in front of. Okay, now that I've never heard. <laughs> never. It really resonates with an eight-year-old boy. Let me just say that. Right? Oh, no. He's like, this is, I get it. I get it now. It makes sense. It. So here's what we're going to do today. So I love it. Uh, I have like, what, four or five questions I kind of want to tee up based on listening to your podcast, kind of understanding what you love, your perspective and all that good stuff. So let's dive in because right off the bat, and, and you know, I, I, I talked about it in your bio really quick. And right off the bat, I think everyone needs to know uh, what are sticky floors? Yes. What the What's hell are on? sticky floors, right? What are sticky floors? Exactly. So I'm an executive and I never thought I'd be there. Number one, never thought that I would be sitting at the top of this corporate ladder in the C-suite. And it took a lot of hard work to get there. And I don't mean like your basic hard work of like showing up and doing your job. I mean like the internal work. So for me, sticky floors are the limiting beliefs and the toxic behaviors that hold us back. And there are a ton of isms out there that everybody is faced with, right? Racism, sexism, ageism, ableism, all the things. 
we're not going to be able to control that. Those are kind of outside of our personal control. And that doesn't sit well with me. This like, well, I can't do anything about my own situation. So I really turned it around and I started looking inward. And for me, those sticky floors were perfectionism, imposter syndrome, fear, burnout, too much wine at the end of the day. Those were the things that were keeping me stuck and that were keeping me from busting glass ceilings. And it was all stuff that I could control, but I had to pivot the way I looked at things, the way I approached things. I had to change how I believed in myself in order to climb this corporate ladder. And once I did that, when I tell you it was like every single boundary and barrier that had ever been placed on me just disappeared, it completely dissipated. So I firmly believe that we are in control of our own destiny and that we have so much capabilities inside of us if we can only break free from those sticky floors. Okay. I love, love, love that. Because I don't think that when, you know, I don't know if that's, I kind of already, you know, was kind of trying to figure out what sticky floor was and what that would mean. And kind of was listening to your podcast and kind of playing around a little bit. But I think that your definition of sticky floors is first of all, spot on. And I think kind of my favorite things that you just said out of that was um, that we are in control, right? We are in control. And I think sometimes people spend a little bit too too much time blaming exterior, you know, things on the external versus internal. So I think you are absolutely spot on, uh, you know, and I think, you know, you talked about the very beginning, you were like, I never thought, I never thought, and you're limiting beliefs and things like that. So one of my absolute favorite sayings, what goes right in line with what you're saying is, is what you speak about, you bring about, right? And if you, you know, so whether you're speaking it or thinking it, I think you could go either way that that's what you're bringing. You're bringing back, you're bringing about defeat. You're bringing back lack. You're bringing about, you know, fear, can't do it, all those things. So I think you uh, literally, that is amazing. And I love the idea that you are focused on that, you know, that you can control it. Nobody Well, else. here's the thing. There will always be external factors that can bring you down, can keep you stuck, then you're not in the right place. But you have the control to move your person, right? I love that. It might not be in that second. It might not be in that minute, right? Like if you need a paycheck, you obviously can't quit a job without another job, but you can start looking. You can take control of your resume. You can put one foot in front of the other to get out of said situation where the external factors aren't great, which again, brings all that control inside. Well, and I think you're spot on. I think I, I don't know if you ever read or follow Ryan Holiday at all. I just love that man. And and one of his favorite, I don't know if I say it right, um, based on the fact that I just completely ruined one of the words in your bio. So we'll see if I'm saying it right for you, is uh, Amore Fate, which is I love it all. And I think that even, you know, when you're in a whether you're in a good situation or a bad situation, wherever you are, there's lessons everywhere, right? And that's what makes up who we are. So I always say, I do love it all. And I I need it all because there's been some really, you know, bad examples, whether that's in leadership, teammates, companies, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, I need that. So I don't behave in that fashion. So I know that that's not where I want to go. And then, you know, the good ones are the ones that you just right? You love and you hold on to it and you keep growing. So I, I love your theory that yes, 
It's not always going to be perfect. Yes, there's always these things. But again, you're in control on what your attitude is, how you decide, how you act, if you stay, if you go. So I love, love, love that. So I think my next one um, that I loved is, you know, I think having this conversation around, you know, are we ever over or over it or free from them, in your opinion? I like to say no, <laughs> because if it were that easy, number one, everybody would be doing it. And okay. then I'll just be like tackling them once in, but you become more self-aware and able to mm-hmm. conquer yeah. said issues and said fears. And I will use this perfect example. So health and wellness is one of my core values. I grew up as a personal trainer. So I've always been in the fitness world. Like you can see me, Rhonda. I've got a Peloton. I was just going to tell you, I'm like, well, based on what's in your background. In my office, I've got my gym. Okay. So I love to do it. But because so much of my life was centered around health and wellness, I over time created this belief that I had to have a workout that was 30 minutes of cardio followed by 30 minutes of strenuous weight training, right? And if it wasn't that, it was trash. So I would literally not do it. I'd be like, well, I don't have 30 minutes and that's trash. Why would you even do that? My husband would come up here. He would jump on a Peloton for 15 minutes, rock it out. He'd be like, I only have 15 minutes. I got to get it in. And I'm sitting here like, you freaking idiot. Like that's the new shit, Right. A whole week goes by. My calendar is nuts. I don't get on the Peloton one time because I don't have 30 minutes. Oh my God, I love that. He's got two hours of working out and I've got zero, right? And it was this whole realization when I was talking with another woman who had the same kind of concept that I did, that it was perfectionism. And I had this idea of the perfect workout. And if I couldn't create that little sphere of control around my perfect workout, it wasn't good enough. Well, we all know 15 minutes of movement is better than nothing, right? Like that's a no brainer. So I really had to shift my mentality and I had to take notice of certain things that I would do that all or nothing mentality. Like, have you ever heard of the 75 hard challenge? (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous. No sane person can do this. I'm sorry if you've done it. No sane person. Tara has done it. So Tara has done it. Tara's crazy. Okay. I'm just going to say. Tara's crazy. Okay. (laughs) But I would it would have to be all in and I would go all in. And that wasn't like healthy for me mentally, right? Because it was this all or nothing mentality. So I started putting things in place where like I would catch myself looking and saying, oh, I only have 20 minutes. Erica, you have 20 minutes. Yeah. Do it. And I started to force myself out of my comfort zone, which was doing a workout for less than 30 minutes. And I know it sounds stupid, right? (laughs) But it is what it is. And I make myself do that. And then I also would make myself not work out like at five to seven days a week. I would accept the rest days and I would enjoy the rest days. Whereas before I'd be like, well, I need to at least do yoga. It's a rest day. It's got to be yoga. You know, I know it was psycho. I get it. No, I, I have to tell you, I think you, they, I think that's a great example. I think yeah. it's a great example of, of, well, there was a couple of things. I think one, you, you said my favorite two words on the planet, I know Gary Vaynerchuk would completely agree with me on this one, is Mm self-aware. So you being, right, like even you saying, looking at your watch, saying only 20 minutes and saying, wait, 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 I have 20 minutes. Um, I love the perfectionism and the fact that I, I, and I have to tell you, I probably do the same thing sometimes saying, well, I don't have time to truly do the workout. Just forget it. I'll just do something else. So I think, I think all of that is 
so relative. And then also helping to realize that, yeah, I love what you're saying, that no, you're not really ever just like snap yeah. your and you're over it. But if you're self-aware and you're constantly working on it, amazing. I mean, just this week, I caught myself having the same thought, you know? And, and I also caught myself having the same thought in a different manner. I had a lot of time and I was like, cool, I'm going to do this 45 minute endurance run. And I haven't done a 45 minutes endurance run in a hot minute. So when I tell you after 20 minutes, girl was ready to pass out. I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to keep going. And I was like, Erica, it will be okay if you take a walking break for five minutes. Right. But it's, it's leveling that perfectionistic. And it doesn't mean I'm a perfectionist in every area of my yeah. life. There are a lot of things that I could give two shits about, right? Yeah. But that was one area where perfectionism ruled. And so I have to stay on top of my game to recognize when I'm having those thoughts that don't coincide with who I want to be. Okay. So hold on. I have to say, so do you see, I keep like writing. So I hope, you know, uh, to all my listeners out there, you know how I feel about this. When, when wonderful, amazing humans share their insight, their knowledge and their greatness. I hope to goodness, you either have a pen and paper. I hope you have your iPhone. I hope you are taking notes because I already have so many, by the way, I'm just like, these are so good. I also got my pen and paper, right? Like you, you are so good. So I love, love, love all of this. Um, and I love what you're saying, staying on top of your game. I would tell you that's a full-time job. It's not a one and one, right? It's a full-time job. So you you couldn't have said that better. How about um I love this question. What is the most common sticky floor you see people get stuck in? Knowing your worth. Wait for, what is it? Knowing your worth. Oh. It is no, and that one took me by surprise. But I interview hundreds of people on my podcast. And one of the questions that I always ask people is what is the piece of advice that you would give your younger self? And it's always know your worth. Really? Okay. And then, okay. So can, will you unpack that for a hot second for me? So how do people know their worth or get, you know, get it one with it? Like how, I, I'll give you an example. So, you know, when we interview here and, and we bring on humans and anyone that's in my presence, I always say, I need to know their strengths. We do like a strength finders test and we do a mm-hmm. couple tests. And I always say, cause I want to know what makes you great and what makes you tick to kind of help me understand what kind of goodness you've got inside of you. So, but in your opinion on this kind of knowing your worth, how does someone do that? If, if they're not great at it right now, I think I got asked the other day, what would I do? I was in a, a, a panel and someone was like, what would you do for self-confidence? Um, and I kind of tie that a little bit to knowing your worth. So what can they do? Well, and that's really like knowing your worth is a sticky floor, but it is also like a subset of so many other sticky floors of confidence, of imposter syndrome, doubt. It all shows up there and it manifests in that. And so if you struggle with imposter syndrome, confidence, or self-doubt, there's things that you can do. Like, let's focus on confidence, right? Confidence is not necessarily inherent. It is built over time by doing things that make you uncomfortable. So when I'm working with people who really struggle with confidence, we'll find an area that is challenging for them, right? Like, let's say they don't like to put people out. They don't want to impose. So I'll say, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go home and you're going to ask your spouse, your partner to have them do the dishes instead of you. 
right? And there, some of them are just like, no, 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 I can't do that. Do it, right? See what happens. They yeah. will either say yes or they'll say no. There's only yeah. two outcomes here. And either way, you've made the ask. And sometimes it's just making the ask. And then when you start to make the ask and you get a little uncomfortable with that, it starts making your brain tick a little bit. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? I do deserve to have a night off from these damn dishes every now and then, okay? Right. And so you start to build that confidence and you start to build that self-worth. A lot of people also tend to equate like knowing your worth with just that dollar amount. And yes, that is important. Like you want to make sure you're getting paid what you should be getting paid. But sometimes it's about the respect. It's about the invitations into the room. Sometimes it's just about knowing if you should be voluntarily in a room, right? Sometimes we bring ourselves into spaces where we are not respected and we are not appreciated and we continually do that to ourselves. So it's understanding that maybe I don't need to be in this room anymore. Maybe I need to elevate myself and be in a room with people who do appreciate me and respect me. So it's really, it's this holistic picture and only you can define that worth for yourself. But the more you surround yourself with people who treat you the way you deserve to be treated, right? The more you will understand that self-worth. I love, 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 love that definition. I wrote down a couple of things and then circled them. So I'm going to share my cliff notes uh, because I loved what you were saying that I think that the two that really stuck off right off the bat is that it's built over time by doing, right? Like built over time by doing. So, you know, it's it's going to be an accumulation of your actions, um, of your energy, of your attitude, right? Like all those things just, and I always say it has to catch you doing, right? Like it has, what does it say? You know, luck, luck has to catch you working, Right. Like if you want, and, and, and so I think you're absolutely correct. Built over time by doing. I think the, um, I loved when you said knowing your value, um, is something only you can define. Right. And which is good news. That's good news in my opinion, because you don't want anyone defining your worth. You don't Amen. want anyone telling you, right? Like, so I think I thought that was such a powerful statement. I always say to it, one of my favorite, and we, we've kind of had this conversation with a, with a couple of people I've spoken to lately, um, just about different things, life. Uh, and, and I firmly believe, and I don't know who said this quote, but I do love it in the sense that, you, you know, your life is based, your the, the quality of your choices will dictate the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do feel like same thing with your worth and your confidence is going to be based on your choices. How do you hold yourself? Right. Like, what does that look like? What does your attitude look like? What does your action look like? Who are you hanging with? What does that feel like? And, and I think all of that is really, really important and impacts your worth and your confidence as well. And I don't think sometimes we pay enough credence to that. Here's why core values are so important too, is because all of those days that I don't feel like working out or doing the hard thing, whatever that may be, I go back to my core values, which are health and wellness, as I've already said, courage is the other one, and then growth. And if I'm sitting here and I am struggling with whatever decision of the day, I go back to my core values and I ask myself, is this what a healthy person would do? Okay. Or Mm -hmm. is this what a courageous person would do? Or is this bringing you closer to growth? And if the answer is no, then I'm not making the right decision, you know? So it helps direct me to be the type of person that I want to be. And what I love 
in all of the work that I do with my coaching and also being a chief people officer is when I see people who, who are feeling anxiety or stress, it is generally because their core values are going against something that they are doing, Uh how something is going on in their life and they're not confronting it. Whether that's having the hard conversation with an employee or their spouse or their friend or their child, whoever in their life, or doing the hard thing, it's they're acting in complete dissonance, you know, with who they want to be. No, I love, love, I love that you have your own personal core values. And I think that's huge. I loved your examples. Those three, I'm just going to tell you chef's kiss. That was amazing. Love that. I hope everyone wrote those examples down. Those are great. I hope everyone does their personal values. Those are amazing. And then how about my last question for you? Um, do you want to share your sticky floor story with us? Oh yes, girl. Let me tell you, first of all, number one, <laughs> I've got about 50 sticky floors. Okay. Okay. And this is what cracks me up because uh, I have a book coming out called Glass Ceilings and Sticky Floors. And yes, chapter, I know I will send you a copy when it's out. Promise me. Yes. Each chapter is a different sticky floor. And as I was going through this, I was like, damn, that one's me too. Oh, okay. Me too. Me too. And then I was like, damn, I messed up. Like these sticky floors is mine. But the sticky floor that really was the turning point for me, and this may depress some people, it may give other people a lot of hope. It was we can take it. We're ready. We can take it. It was wine. The sticky floor was wine. I girl, I loved my wine. I know. I loved it. But you. you know what? I drank it when I celebrated. I drank it when I grieved. I drank it when I broke up with a boyfriend. I drank it when I got married. Kids' birthday, my birthday, Jesus' birthday. There was never reason not to drink, right? And it just got to this point where it was keeping me stuck. I wasn't waking up feeling my best. I was foggy. I wasn't aligning as a healthy person. Rhonda, those workouts that I love, they turned into a form of punishment because you know, if I drank a bottle of wine last night and I could still get up and run three miles, it wasn't going to be a problem for me, you know? And I carried a lot of shame around the fact that like wine was causing me to not be the person I wanted to be. And I think there's such a stigma against it. And there's such a stigma with mental health and all of this. And I love talking about it because I've recently listened to like two or three big name podcasts, like the Mel Robbins podcast, Jenna Kutcher's podcast, all of them are talking about people going sober. And every single one of those people, Rhonda, has sat there and said, but I don't have a problem. You are making this worse. (laughs) It's not, but but they don't, in fairness to them, they don't know they're doing it. Right. But it it is just that knee jerk reaction that people don't want to associate that they don't drink with having a problem because they don't want the judgment. But those two very successful women both decided to go sober because alcohol was not serving them. And then they felt the need to put the disclaimer out there, but they didn't have the problem, which Uh only exacerbates it. So I'm here to say for everybody, I was having a problem with it and that's okay. I'm a freaking C-suite leader. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a badass. I got three jobs. I do the most. Okay. And you know what? Some of the most successful people killing the game out there, those are the ones with the problems. And the fact that they can walk away from that just shows you how much work they're doing. 
I think it's so, huge. I, I tell you, I'm so in love with your honesty. So in love. Like, let me get off my soapbox real quick because I'm no, real quick. No, I think that it's impressive. And I think that I love that you, again, right back to your self-awareness. So being bold enough to be self-aware, to run at it, then to talk about it, right? And to put yourself out there. I just, all you should hear is me clapping. Oh, thank like, you. I, and and I, I think what's interesting is that, you know, my first book, Better Human, it's a full-time job because man, is it. The, no one is perfect and everyone has their things and that's who we are, right? Like it's just who we are as humans. And I think that this isn't about us to judge what you have, what, right? It, it's just that I, I love the story. I love the story of you being brave enough, being self-aware enough, awareness of, and run at it and to be open about it. So no, no, I'm in. I love, love, love. Well, take it back story. to the core values, right? Was drinking a bottle of wine every night something a healthy person would do? No. no. Was giving up wine something a courageous person would do? Yes. Was me putting down the wine growing? Absolutely. Right? Okay. So it's like when I finally started doing that and aligning my core values, that's when all the magic started happening. Okay. I love, I'm just clapping. That's all I'm doing. I just love, 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 love that story. Okay. I have to tell you, I'm going to be in countdown mode until your book gets here. So you have to, I will have copies in November. So I'll mail you a copy in November. Okay. Countdown mode. If everyone is early Christmas present, right? So in the meantime, we're just going to listen to your podcast as well. We're going to get that going from, from now to remind me again, now to next, from now to next, from now. I love that. I was like, now. Uh, and then we'll get ready for your new book. I have enjoyed every single second. I have a page and a half of notes. So thank you for helping me grow today. Uh, thank you for sharing your goodness with everyone on these podcasts. I just love, 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 nothing but love and gratitude. Thanks, Erica. Oh, thank you, Ron. It was so fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Conger Show. Do you want to keep growing and getting better? This just in. You can have the life you dream of. Head on over to RhondaConger.com. Don't you dare put an H in that name. R-O-N-D-A-C-O-N-G-E-R.com. I hope that you will dive into my five books. Better Human, Better Thinking, You Go First, Leading Through Extraordinary Times, and my newest book, New Market, New You. I love that you are listening. We need you. I love that you want to grow. I hope that you go out there and get more. Wishing you the best day. Let's go.